Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, where our job is to help you build visibility, professional credibility, and connection with your ideal client by putting the human at the center of innovative marketing so you can build and strengthen an engaging, enduring relationship with your ideal clients. I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm honored that you're here with me. If you haven't joined our wonderful marketing transformation community yet, go to innovabiz.co and collect your free gift as well. Do subscribe to the show and also leave a review because it helps others find us. Let's get into today's masterclass on this InnovaBuzz podcast. Think of it as like a tree. You only need like a few good branches to make a good tree. You need roots. You need good roots. You need good branches. You don't need every stick. You don't need every leaf to make a good foundation. So if you can find your niche, even if it's as small as mine of nurse writers, you will grow it to a point that you have good fans of nurse writers. That's all I need. I don't need every writer in the world. I don't need every nurse in the world. I just want the people that are really dedicated and really wanting to grow their businesses or do something on the side. Because if not, you're going to attract the wrong people if you if you just put yourself out there for to everyone. Welcome back. I hope your week's been fantastic so far. If you haven't yet listened to my recent conversations with innovation and lean startup expert Steve Weinstein and motivational speaker and entrepreneur Scott Mason, then do go have a listen. But only after you've listened to today's conversation, of course. I'm really excited today to have on the Innova Buzz podcast as my guest, Janine Kelbuck. Janine is a wife, a mum of two boys and two Great Danes, and she's author of the book Entrepreneurs. 30 plus nurses turn into business owners and share their secrets to success. Janine has been a freelance health content writer since 2013 and is the CEO of WriteRN. She also hosts the Savvy Scribe podcast which is a podcast for healthcare professionals who want to build a profitable writing business. Lastly, her team of RN, registered nurse writers, help healthcare companies with their content and social media needs. In our conversation today, Janine talked to me about the importance of niching down to a very narrow area, which she's done very successfully. She talked about how she scaled her business by incorporating training and she talked about building an agency through partnerships and community. Without further ado then, let's fly into the hive and get the buzz from Janine Kelbuck. Hi, I'm your host Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz and I'm really excited to welcome today to the InnovaBuzz podcast from Cleveland in Ohio, the USA, Janine Kelbach, who is a healthcare content writer. She's host of the Savvy Scribe podcast and she's author of the book Entrepreneurs, 
30 plus nurses turn into business owners and share their secrets to success. Welcome to the Innova Buzz podcast, Janine. It's a real privilege to have you as my guest today. I am so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Now, it's kind of interesting. The tables are reversed here. Last time we spoke, I was on your show, the Savvy Scribe podcast. So it's a, yes. it's an honor to continue the conversation and now me asking questions. Yes, I love the tables are turned. This is exciting. Now, you're a, a nurse who turned writer back in 2015, but I believe you're still in the nursing game. You grew the business from writer to coach and then a course creator, and now you help other nurses developing their creative site and starting a writing business, which is the subject of the book, of course. And you've had some spectacular success since the beginning of the year. And and that in this environment of the pandemic, so I'm really excited to learn more about how you achieved all that and how you manage all that, because I know you've got a couple of kids, you've got dogs, you've got a husband that's got a career and you're trying to juggle that. So uh, there's lots to talk about. So first of all, what is it that drives you? Every day. My business right now is what's driving me to get up and move and go because I know I need to get up before my kids because on top of all the things you just mentioned, I'm also having to do their virtual schooling with them. So, you know, that is what's getting me up in the morning is my business so I can get going and keep it going and, you know, stay home with the kids. So between the business and my children, that's what's keeping me going. Hmm. So um, when did you decide and, and what made you decide to transition from being a full-time nurse to doing the writing? So it wasn't just like I woke up one day and the tables were turned, right? It turned, it was started back, you know, in 2013, before I really started writing, I was just thinking, well, what can I do on the side to make extra money? A lot of nurses, probably 80% or so, I think is a statistic I read, actually have a side job. Most of our um, jobs work 12-hour shifts. So you have that flexibility to either pick up more at your current job, which is what a lot of nurses do, but then that leads to burnout at the current you know, job that you have. Or you can do something else on the side, which that's called PRN work. So depending on where your PRN. And so I did a couple PRN things. I actually did a PRN home care job in Cleveland, and it was not in a good area at all, but it was with the pregnant population, which is always what I love. So I did it and I loved it. I love my patients, but it got to a point that it was so dangerous and I got like bit by somebody's dog and mm. one of my patients actually was shot and killed and mm. it was just not, not a good thing. And I had a newborn baby at home plus my other son. So it was just a, a time, something had to change. But what I learned in that um, business is that I could work for myself. Now, of course, I worked under a company that gave me these patients and assignments and whatever. But for the most of the day, I was out on my own, driving around Cleveland, had my schedule going. I knew what needed done. And I only had to report to my boss if there was an issue. So after I left that job, I went back to school, finished up my bachelor's. And then I was like, well, what else could I do? And as I was writing in school, I realized I really liked to write. But then I was stuck, like, I didn't know you could really make money writing. So I was like Googling, like, what can nurses do on the side? Um, side jobs for nurses, work at home jobs for nurses. Because all I ever knew from nursing school was that you work in a hospital or a clinic or, or home care or such what I was doing. I didn't know that you could actually go away from the bedside and still thrive as a nurse and help people. So when I was Googling that, 
I came across just freelance writing. I didn't even know what freelance really meant. I just knew that people made money writing. So I looked into that a little bit more and it was more just like some women, a women's group that were moms. And so I'm like, okay, well, this looks interesting. So I'll go in here and see what happens. And I started just on one of those like gig websites, Fiverr is what I started on. I made like $5 an article. And I was like, well, you know what? Five bucks is, that's a cup of coffee, you know, whatever. So I was like, I can make money at this. So I kept going with it. Well, I kind of grew from there because I took myself off Fiverr and I started looking for companies in the health realm. And I started with healthline.com and I was a reviewer for them and I really, really enjoyed it. So then I did a little bit more and I did a little bit more and it just started stacking up. So then I started making more money and like I was only doing this, you know, in the mornings before my kids were awake. Or when my little guy was taking a nap and the other one was at school, I was like, okay, I can write right now. And then I started thinking, okay, I want to do this more. I love the flexibility, the freedom, not have to work for anybody but myself. Yeah, there's hustle. It's hard work, but it's different. I got to use the creative side of my brain. So that's kind of how it all started. And then it just, you know, now five years later, it's just growing and growing because 2015 is actually when I started my actual business. So that's the long, short version. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I love that you kind of recognized very early on that um, you needed to get off Fiverr and then transition into higher value. And the way you did that was to identify the niche that yes. that you could contribute to that that was a really natural fit for for your nursing profession. Yeah, and I think that's a huge. A huge thing that I didn't realize at first. Like I knew I wanted to do health because that's what I knew and loved, but I also love children and I love to teach. But you do, you have to, you can't be a generalist because sure, you'll get some jobs people want you to write. You could be a good writer in a lot of different areas, but if you really want to grow, I think it, that is the key is to niche down a little bit more. Hmm. So when, when you started to grow this business, I, I think you started to get other writers on board. Uh, how did you how did you kind of go about that? What what was the trigger point that you decided I've got to get other people writing as part of my business? I think it was more people were coming to me. They're seeing me out on social media and thinking like, "Well, I'm a nurse. Well, how did you do this? I want to know how to do this." Mm. So I started taking some nurses under my wing a little bit and doing some coaching with them. And I ended up helping them so much that they left their full time jobs. That was never my intention at first, but it was what they wanted to do. So. They ended up, you know, leaving their jobs and doing it full time and they're loving it. They're still thriving. So and then I knew I had a, a niche in something else. You know, I still love to teach and I still love to guide and help other nurses become writers. So that's what I, I continued to do. And come the pandemic, I realized, OK, I do a lot. We all know I do a lot, <laughs> but I can't do it all. So I had my own client base, which was great. I was thriving. Everything was going well. But I realized, okay, I can't do all this and, and have children at home and teach them and, and whatnot. So I started subcontracting with some of the writers that I coached. And it it took off. Like now I have this content agency side and the coaching side where I can still help writers do, nurses do this to become writers. So we kind of have, I have clients that they write for. So it, it's a win-win. Mm. And of course, you've got the podcast as well. Yeah, yeah, we got the podcast going too. So how did the add that on there, right? <laughs> yeah. So how did the book come about? Before we get on to podcasting, 
the book came about because I was writing. This was before I was coaching anybody. I was um actually interviewing somebody who the site isn't around anymore, but it was it was a six it was called like six figure nurse or something like that. And he wanted me to write some blog posts, but wanted me to do interviews and different people in the nursing industry that grew their own businesses. Well, then I was like, well, this is so cool. So he's, he was actually a nurse too. And he went into e-commerce now, but we were talking he's like, you know, we could put this into a book. I'm like, okay, we can, we can do that. <laughs> and then he was like, but actually, Janine, the, Alex, the royal I, way, yeah. Yeah. He's like, I don't really have time to do this, but you have my blessing to go on and do this. So I did it. So I, I kept connecting with different nurses. And gosh, I have 30 plus nurses. Since then, I've probably met 100 plus more nurses that have done different things in the internet space, the brick and mortar kind of businesses, but just away from the bedside, but still using their skills as a nurse. And it's, it amazes me how creative, because I will tell you, if there's anybody who is creative or innovative, it's a nurse. Like, we figure out how to do things so much differently than everybody else. Yeah, well, in, in your regular profession, you're always dealing with uncertainty and sort yes. of surprises, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Hmm. Well, I mean, given what's been going on this year and, um, you know, you've been at the front line as, as in your nursing profession at the front line of the healthcare thing. So that's, you know, there must be a lot of stress on on nurses that are in the healthcare system right now how do you handle the stress of that job while you're still doing that as well as running the business as well as all the other things you're doing with the, with family and homeschooling and the podcast and writing books so fortunately i was part-time this year so i didn't have to work full-time at the hospital and my current role at the hospital was the nursing educator so when this pandemic hit it was probably the most stressful time to ever be an educator in a department of nursing because it was every day things were changing. We're going to do it this way. No, we're going to do it that way. No, we want to do this. And it wasn't even just the virus. I have the pregnant population on top of it. So what do we do with the mom? What do we do with the baby? Can she breastfeed? What if the baby's too close? What if she's positive? Do we test babies? There were so many questions that were just unanswered. And we had to just go through different organizations and bigger hospitals and just try to figure out a plan every day so that was very stressful this past year but you know granted we still are horribly high in cases right now we at least have it under control in our department in a sense for we know what to do you know when a patient hits the floor and has COVID-19 so you know as a nurse the burnout factor is there and I think Anybody in healthcare will tell you the same thing. It's not just nurses. It's all of us. I mean, from housekeeping to a secretary to the most prestigious surgeon, everybody's feeling it as soon as you walk in the doors. But to me, this type of work as a writer is an outlet and it's a freedom to be able to come home, use my creative mind and be able to write and help the nurses that we're helping out there with content as well. Because a lot of our clients are, the audience is nurses. So it's kind of cool to be able to help nurses in a different way with self-care, with, you know, different um, articles that we're writing on how to cope with, with what we're dealt with right now, especially. So yeah, actually the pandemic has kind of helped the writing business side. Yeah. So was it a natural growth during that, uh, during the pandemic time, your writing business, or did you actively set out to grow it at that time when you recognized the opportunities? 
So when I recognize the opportunities, I just put some feelers out there and people responded very quickly, which I was surprised because everybody out there was saying like, oh, you're going to, you know, we're going to be in a recession. You're going to lose all your clients. Da, da, da. And those, I did lose a few clients. I think a lot of freelancers did because there were a lot of companies that couldn't pivot the way that they should have actually during the pandemic time, which we're still in, but the recession, you know, more when we got hit. And I think those businesses that did not pivot at that time probably aren't, aren't around anymore. So their budgets just couldn't hold on to a freelancer. So I was actually targeting those companies that I knew that were going to make a change or they were already online or whatever. And like I said, it, it did really well. I was very surprised when I reached out and said, I have a bunch of nurses who are burnt out at the bedside and want to work on the side. And they were like, we're helping those nurses. So yeah, it was. it's very fulfilling to hear that from the other side, because I feel like our whole profession as nurses, we've always helped people, right? We're just getting a little bit more recognition about it now. Yeah, yeah. And I guess, um, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here, but just what, what I experience in nurses at the front line, I mean, sometimes patients can be uh, very ungrateful, even to the point of um, rude, obnoxious, and whatever other words you want to use and and so i imagine that's pretty frustrating and and when you're doing something else like writing and the customer comes back and says oh, i love that article or um you know can you do more of this <laughs> it's much more fulfilling absolutely well i think too even when you have those patients that are like that the good outweighs the bad so you always mm. have to even in the profession you can't let those bad times <laughs> make you think you're a bad nurse or whatever yeah. you know you gotta think well, what's that person going through you know there, there has to be some reason there it's not me it's got to be the patient and you know even at first the pandemic when it first hit we weren't busy it was like the cases weren't high people were afraid to go to the emergency room so we actually didn't have a lot of patients mm. coming through now the now it's like people aren't scared of it anymore. I mean, they should be even yeah. more so, but they're not. They're not staying away from the hospital anymore, that's for sure. Hmm. Yes, well, I, I I had a few people early on in the or during the year have other issues, and I kept thinking, oh, it's a really bad time to have to go to hospital for yes. you know something that's probably just a routine kind of a little surgery or something yeah 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 mm. all right well um so tell us a little bit then about your business model in terms of the different things you do so the courses the uh, clients you write for directly and and also the um, agency that you're building so there's two parts to the business write rn like you're writing something rn.net that's my content agency side so that's where I guide clients to, you know, sign on, I see what we do and all those things. And then the other side is the SavvyScribePodcast.com, which is for nurses that want to become writers. So those nurses that want to become writers can take a course, look at the workshops that I have, listen to the podcast, and all those things together can help you become a nurse writer. And inside there, once you, if you want to take like the flagship course, that gives you kind of like an open door into our group called the Savvy Scribe Insiders. And that group is my preferred writing list. So that's how you be you become a writer for WriteRN. And within there, there's um, opportunities to pitch to our clients. And you sign like a subcontractor 
contract with me. So you never have to deal with a client. You just deal with me. I do the assignments and um, pay the writers, which is what the clients like. So they don't have to deal with, you know, 1099s and all the things from that side of the business. And then, you know, I start to help them build their writing businesses by getting a portfolio started with the clients that I have. They don't have to go pitch clients, but they can also pitch their own clients. So they can go out and try to find their own um, health writing clients and just start building their business. So it's kind of like the course pays for itself once you're in the group. And then that group of insiders has their own Facebook group where I post like, you know, just a little bit more in-depth um, content rather than just the um, Savvy Scribe Collective group, which is like the group of everybody, there's like a thousand nurses in there. So the insider group, what we're doing in January, it starts, it's called the Implementation Co-op. So I don't know about you, Yuri, but there's a lot of people that start a course and they never finish it. Oh, yeah. They sometimes <laughs> go in it, they get like what they want out of it, or they're like, I just ran out of time. It's not that I didn't want to do it. So I'm kind of doing a little bit of handholding and keeping people accountable. So every two weeks, starting in January, I'm going to go live in that insiders group, go over the content that they went over, that they took already. And then we get to talk about, you know, a little bit more in depth, a little bit more in depth of the course and, you know, the, even the lessons, but even more in depth than just the course. So it's kind of, again, like a win-win for them. They get to start their business, but then they get to grow their business as well. So just mm. providing a lot of value, helping yeah. them. Yeah, I love love the model, that sort of the different levels of the model. So somebody that just wants to learn the basics and, and is happy to go out and run their own business or do their own freelancing, and it might be that they're only wanting a small number of writing things to get that um outlet creative outlet so that um, as they continue their nursing career uh, right through to the people that take it on full-time as a business and and you give them kind of a start point where they can become part of your community of writers and have that interaction as well yeah and they can do whatever they want they could grow their own business or they just want to work on the side like i did at first hmm. just make some extra money and not have to go to the hospital you can do that too yeah yeah and i i hear you about the courses so i've, I've got a podcasting one that uh, it, actually it was a little overwhelming I, the, course, <laughs> the course was i mean nothing there that that is um difficult or hard to understand but it's just there was I think there was 60 or 90 days of daily actions and it says just set aside oh, five minutes hard. a day so on day one I set aside my five minutes had a look at the action and about an hour and a half later when I was still working on action one of the three I kind of <laughs> thought okay I need, need to move on to something else now and I don't think I've progressed beyond day one, although some of the <laughs> some of the days I do a lot of the things anyway. So some of the days I can just go sure. in and tick, tick stuff off. But it's like, oh, I've got about 90 days. I, the 90 days are up now. I've collected these 90 emails and thinking I've got this massive action list I have to work through if I really want to get value out of this course. Hmm. Well, and I think that's the thing. It could be overwhelming. Like you, you have to... Yeah, I think I like it personally, like when I buy courses, I go into it. Usually like I like to see the, you know, outline, you know, the modules mm. that you're going to attack. And I do, I go in and I'm like, oh, what do I want to see? What did I really want to see? And then I'm like, yeah. oh, I'll finish the rest when I get to it or whatever. Mm. So, 
So yeah, I think, you know, there are going to be some lessons in my course that, you know, they might already know, or they're just not interested in, but hopefully, you know, the implementation co-op, you could just kind of follow along and get the best value out of the money you spend, right? Hmm. All right. Now I'm interested. I'm, I, there's a couple of things I'm curious about, particularly with people that write for other people. So I'm, I'm guessing that if a client comes to you, they're getting you to write for them and for their business. So it's not Janine, article written by Janine, it's the article written by that business. So I'm curious, how do you write in their voice? What's, what's your process for doing that? So it doesn't sound like it's Janine speaking, it's actually in the voice of that business. Sure. So it just depends on the business. I actually do something like onboarding with them with, um, we, we have a phone call usually, and um, I have actually have them fill out a questionnaire even before we chat because that helps me. And when it, it just, again, depends on the client, but a lot of the clients want the nurse to write the article because they want it in the nurse's voice and in the experience of the nurse. A lot of our clients are, they struggle with talking to patients or talking to their customers in a way that a nurse would. So it's very, it actually, at first when I would have, would hear that from clients, I'm like, what are you talking about? Like how nurses talk to people. Like we just talk to people like we talk to people, but I get now what they're talking about because it is a different approach. Um, but, and if it's a, it's a, if it's a health client, it's, you know, breaking that medical knowledge down to the patient's level. And usually that's portrayed more with an informational kind of tone rather than a conversational type of tone. So the other thing is that Google likes to use their EAT strategy. So the um, expertise, authoritative and trustworthiness of the writer. So they actually want the nurses, you know, Janine Kelbach, RNCOB on there because it shows that there's credibility be behind the article or the information that they're publishing. So sometimes it's not, you know, that they want their company name on it. Sometimes it is. It depends. You know, sometimes they'll throw up articles that are just, you know, trustedhealth.com wrote this article. And then there'll be an article that Janine Kelbach wrote this article. So that's actually, it used to be that, it, you know, companies just wanted their name on it. But then when Google put this out there, they're like, well, wait, hold on. To make SEO work, we, we need to have our, we need to have the people that are writing these articles on here so that it makes sense and people are reading mm. credible information. Yeah. Okay. So, so the key then is to have picked the right niche where that yes. works. Yes, for sure. Yeah. And, um, when it comes to like, you just think about those different life areas like finance or, you know, you know, law, you would want, you'd only want to read stuff from someone who's an accountant or a mm. lawyer. You wouldn't want to just read it from Janine Kalbach, yeah. <laughs> who's a nurse, even though I can write, you wouldn't want me writing about law if I don't know anything about law. Mm. Okay. And um, so what are you doing? today then to grow the business because clearly you know there's so much going on how are you how are you sustaining the growth and moving forward with that so every day i'm thinking about that that's probably something the first thing i do like when i sit down is like okay what do i have to do to grow whatever's growing the most so right now clients that's you know my attack in a sense once i get those kind of retainer clients um to the as many as i need 
for the writers. My goal is to have enough clients for writers, enough writers for the clients, which is a very delicate balance at times. <laughs> but, you know, that's that's the goal because some nurses are like, you know, I want two articles a week. And I'm like, that's my goal. I'm going to try and get you two articles a week. So, you know, doing that with the nurses and clients. And then as for like my businesses separately, um, I'm, I have a virtual assistant. Her name's Cheryl. She works with me very closely and we are, you know, rebranding both the websites so that it's very clear. Like if you land on Savvy Scribe podcast, you're not going to be here as a client. You're going to be here because you're a nurse who wants to be a writer. So it's just separating those. Um, and then, you know, we're coming to the end of the year, so I'm really not doing a lot of pitching or anything right now. We're just kind of um, wrapping up 2020, seeing, you know, a lot of tax time and all that stuff, getting, talking to my accountant and, and such. So right now it's kind of like the slow season and freelancing anyway is what I've noticed over the last like five years. Same thing because a lot of clients are doing their holiday, you know, celebrations now. So yeah. they, they kind of slow down. So come beginning of the year, we're doing the implementation co-op on the, the Savvy Scribe podcast side and client building on the radar end side. Hmm. And you talked about um, pitching. Um, so what, how do you go about pitching for new clients? So I use LinkedIn often, and I also just use referrals. I, I'm at a point in my business, a lot of people are referring us to different clients. So that's always very nice to hear because that means we did a good job for them. So um, right now it's it's a lot of referral work, but LinkedIn helps me a lot because I am very um, prominent over there. So people see the stuff we post and, you know, that helps. So I'm reaching out to mostly uh, health related businesses now more so than the nursing audience businesses so we could get more health content out hmm. all right sounds fascinating and um the yeah you talked about your va so is she a local or are you building a more global team so she is actually in the Philippines, but she actually has her own virtual assisting agency. So we work right. together so we can provide services such as like social media and SEO and um, then obviously the content writing for other businesses too. So make us more of a full service. Hmm. Hmm. Fascinating. And yeah. is she, does she have a nursing background? Because a, a lot of nurses in the Philippines, in my experience, end up going into the um into the virtual assistant business yeah no she doesn't but she um she and i both have like it's interesting she both she has two kids as well she yeah. has um and i i think it's cool because her community her local community she's very involved in and that's how she built up her agency she knew that other moms wanted to work from home and mm. she gave them opportunity to do so and she's just amazing she's very um She's she's extraordinary. She's very organized and keeps me on track for sure. Yeah, so it's almost a parallel business model. Yeah, yeah, mm. and and she's you know she learns a lot from me too. So it's you know a win win. I love it. Mm. Great, fantastic. And the the other good thing for you there is the the difference in time zones. So I guess that you if you're clever about it, you could that could play into um, a benefit for you because you can turn around things quicker. You, well, and it's true because she's, I think, like 12 hours or 13 hours ahead of me. Mm. So, yeah, I'll wake up and I shoot her a message. I'm like, hey, good morning, Cheryl. She's like, how are you, Janine? Just finishing up my day here soon. <laughs> you know, that's how it works. But, yeah, we connect all day long. It's great. Mm. Yeah, I've um, 
I way back in the early 1990s, and I was in the corporate world and had a an international role with um, responsibility for laboratories in different parts of the world, different locations, different time zones, different cultures and the works. There are a lot of challenges there, but one of the things that I always thought, and I wished that we didn't have kind of to deal with some physical um, things in, in the work we were doing, because I thought, wow, wouldn't it be cool if you could, uh, you know, eight hours in Australia, for example, work on something and then hand it at the end of the workday, hand it off to somebody in India, say, that were five, five or six hours um, behind us. And yeah. they would work, work on it during their workday and then hand it off to somebody in, say, Europe and then into North America, West Coast, East Coast, West Coast, and back to Australia. I thought, yeah, you could really accelerate. Um, Very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> They'd be like, how'd you get that done so fast? That's right. And now with with um, these things that we produce online, it's uh, possible. It sure is. It sure is. Mm. I love this online space. You know, it's so amazing to just even talk to you, you know, in Australia and yeah. be able to, you know, help people globally is just incredible. It's just amazing. The technology mm. that we're able to do all this. Yeah. So your your writing community and and your um, clients, the clients that you actually write for, are they spread around the globe as well? Some of the writers are. The clients right now are still just in um, United States right now. Okay. So, but yeah, yeah. who knows? But if you've got yeah, if you've got writers around that are <laughs> picture growing their business, so grow, yeah. So yeah, huge scope for growth. Yeah, you know, we're all, we're up for anything, I'll tell you that. Yeah. And um how do you so how do you keep that nursing identity then where you you sort of become a an entrepreneur and a writer? How do you keep that nursing identity? It's a struggle, you know, I that was probably the hardest thing for me to let go. Not let go of because I still feel like I'm I'm always first a nurse, you know? That was my passion, that's what I went into, that's what I went to college for. But I, I just knew that I'm still a nurse. I just do it a little bit different. Um, now, I still work bedside um, PRN now, so I'm still there. So obviously, I haven't totally lost my, you know, identity per se of caregiver. But, you know, it's just life's funny and you just have to go with it sometimes. And that's how I've learned is just, you know, go with it and you're still a nurse. It just, you know, I still have RN behind my name. Hmm. And how how has the pandemic kind of impacted you in other ways? Like you talked about the homeschooling your kids, and um, what what have you done to? Because I'm guessing that you know your the demands on your time have changed. So what what have you done to adapt to that and and still keep this massive growth of the business going? You know, we've actually done the opposite of probably what you'd think. We've actually just kept things very simple. Um, we don't, we have a, we went on vacation. We did go to Florida this past year. We were very safe about it. We don't, we only stay the one place and it was fine. Um, but we actually, this past year bought an RV and we've been doing lots of camping. We love the outdoors, my family and I, and we, my kids are very adventurous in the sense of just like hiking and creating and, and such. So, you know, like even today, um, before, you know, I jumped out here with you. 
we had what's called an asynchronous day. So in our virtual learning, we don't actually go live today, which is great because I don't feel like a prisoner of my house. <laughs> like we did our assignments early this morning. So my little guy worked, well, both of them worked. My, my oldest, um, he's doing Dave Ramsey's teenager foundations course for finance, finance, like, um, personal finance. Cause he's, you know, going to be 16 this year and he's going to be getting his driver's license. He has a job at the local Chick-fil-A. So <laughs> I'm like, it's time to, you know, get a hold of your finances. So he's doing that course. My little guy was doing his little stuff for school and I'm sitting there doing my work and it works out. Then after, after we kind of had a few hours, then we took the the oldest is driving. He has a temporary license. So we were driving, went to my grandma's house, and then we went to the grocery store, picked up a few things. We were going to bake cookies for Christmas. So just very simple stuff and like came home and made this like fake rocket ship and blew it off in the yard and fed the birds. Like it's very just simple stuff is what we're enjoying. And it's, it's very, it, it may, it solidifies what I'm doing. You know, it makes me think, this is why I'm here to spend time with these kids before they're gone. Um, and then my husband and I have probably never had as much time together as we've had this past year. So, you know, we've, we've done a lot too, just in the house and just spending time together as a family. It's, it's pretty cool. So just kind of keeping it simple. Hmm. Yeah. Well, there's, there's a kind of silver lining to what's, what we've been going through in the environment, isn't there? But, I, th I like that you say, okay, well, let's just do and control what we can control and, mm -hmm. and simplify things and focus on the important stuff. Yeah. And family, our immediate family is it. We do a lot of Zoom family stuff. And, you know, in some days we're just like, gosh, if we go back to our crazy life again, where we were just in and out all the time, it's like, actually, I don't want to go back to that. Can we just like chill? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about the podcast, the Savvy Scribe podcast. So was that a, a decision that was critical to the growth of your business or did you just think, oh, I'll start a podcast because it seems cool and, and see where it goes? <laughs> so what, what happened with the podcast, I was in a group called the um, Healthcare Marketing Network with my friend Carol and Janet. And Carol and Janet started the group and I was like kind of just – I wasn't co-founder or anything. I was just like in there as like a third person and I kept everybody in line. Like we had weekly Zoom meetings. I kept all the project management in order, which is actually pretty cool how I am now doing that in the content side of my business. But what it turned out to be, we actually were growing the podcast because of that group. And we started it because Janet, the person in that group, she said, you guys should do a podcast, you and Carol. And I'm like, I don't think I would be good at that at all. And turns out I loved it because I, I was still able to share my messaging and such. But I think the the thing behind it, I always thought it was just going to be like one of those things that I recorded and nobody would ever listen to it. So when I was looking into it, I was like, I don't know, like I want to help people with more content, but I don't know if anybody's going to listen. Well, it turns hmm. out people are listening. So I'm like, yeah. well, if they're still listening. I'm going to keep going. <laughs> so hmm. it just keeps, keeps growing. So last year, beginning of last year, I sat down and took some time to really think about topics for myself to speak on for the entire year and then started with the guest side of it. So yeah, that was it. And man, I, I know you love this side too, just meeting mm. different people. I just think it's so That's cool yeah. and all the different people and what I've learned from just doing mm. podcasting. So it's definitely different than blogging. 
And I always thought that was going to be, it was going to be like the same of like, okay, it's just like a blog, but it's not because you get to meet so many different people. And I always take away something from every episode. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's what really, I mean, where I get my enjoyment from, I say it's like having a free one hour masterclass with somebody if I do a one, one hour episode and, and different topics and i get to select the topics and i get and to ask the questions like yeah ask anything <laughs> yeah that's right and and then when we when we review it uh, my um my editor and she produces all the show Althea, notes she comes right? back yeah althea and she comes back <laughs> and says oh that was so fabulous and i learned so much and then you know she'll do something at some stage and i say oh how did you how did you find out about that how did you know i i heard it heard you talk to janine about it on the podcast (laughs) i actually connected althea and uh cheryl my va i connected both on linkedin because i'm like you guys are gonna hit it off because they're both organized and and gifted in their profession Mm, that's fantastic all right um so so yeah and i had fun on your podcast too um so what's the what's the future for all of your businesses and for Janine? <laughs> the future is growth. That's my hope. And, and I would love to keep growing this. Um, I love my kids to see it grow. It's so cool for them to see it. So cool for my husband to see it. And ideally, um, he's still doing his career, you know, nine to five every day at the bank. Um, ideally, I would love to bring him into the business as well and keep growing it from home and, and keep it simple. Like I said, just, mm. you know, spending time with the family even more. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you're on the right track. Cross my fingers. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, there's so much more to dig into there, but I'm, I'm just aware of the time now. And I think it's a good point at this stage with, with that message to move on to the buzz, which is our innovation round sure. designed to help our audience who are primarily innovators and leaders in their field with some tips from your experience. So I've got five questions and hopefully you'll give us uh, some insightful answers that will inspire the listener to go and do something awesome today as a result. I hope so. Yeah. So what do you think the number one thing is anyone needs to do to be more innovative? Give yourself space and time to have that, what I call it like think time. You need time mm. and space away from your computer, like shut everything off. Sometimes that means go for a walk because you can't do anything. That's why we get our best ideas like in the shower, right? Can't do anything but shower. (laughs) So that's when you get your best ideas. And that's why like I love running. Not now. It's 20 degrees outside. But, you know, I love running. And those are when I get my best ideas too because sometimes I have to shut off my music and I'll just run and an idea will come to me. So if you need to be innovative, just break away and Mm. ideas will come to you. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And uh, I I find, and this has happened a lot more during the pandemic because of we've been, you know, socially distancing and isolation. So my morning bike ride has been solo a lot. And and that's where I get lots of ideas. In fact, I yeah. get, sometimes I get so many ideas that if I'm out about 30 kilometers away and I know I've got nearly an hour to, to get back. Oh, my here. God. How, do I stop to write something down? I don't have a pen, but I could record it on my phone. Or or do I just try to remember these five or six ideas and get back? And then, of course, inevitably, if I've got an hour to ride, I might have another three or four. That's how I am when I'm running. It's the same thing. <laughs> okay. So what's the best thing you've done to develop new ideas? 
the best thing I've done to develop new ideas for myself, again, is running or mm. just freeing up time in my life. Um, and it sounds like, you know, you make it sound like I have like no time because if you put all those things together that I do, it sure sounds like I don't have any time, but I do. And you have to be strategic about that and give yourself that time. And so that's what I do. I make sure every day I wake up, I write down the things I need to do. I have my week planned out and I, I make sure in there I have that, that time to think and that time to be creative. Hmm. And how do you take, when, when you have ideas, how do you take them to the next step and how do you, because clearly you have lots of ideas, how do you kind <laughs> yeah. of say, okay, let's park that one, let's, let's develop this one further? So sometimes, like I am a quick start person and sometimes that's good, sometimes it's not. <laughs> I will put the idea down and sometimes it takes, it takes like, it takes over. Like I have to like act on it somehow. So depending on what the idea is, I sometimes do, I, I act on it. My client work always comes first, but then it's like, okay, I go straight to that idea yeah. until I realize, okay, it's not, it's not going to work. But there are ideas that I'll throw out there and I'm like, I have to think about this for a little bit to see if it's worth it. So I don't know how I separate them. There's just some that I know I need to do and take action on. Like this idea behind my my separation of my websites, I knew I had to do it because it only made sense. And I don't know what lit the light bulb of that idea, but something did. So mm. yeah, so then it just takes priority in my in my brain. Yeah, yeah. Well, sometimes I mean, you talked about the um, ideas coming when you you allow yourself space and time and. Sometimes that's things bubbling up, up from the unconscious level that were there all the time, but they just yeah. were suppressed by all the other stuff that you're doing. And sometimes, like building those two separate websites, it might have been unconsciously already, you know, this is what's going to happen with those. I've, well, it I've, might have um, been, you know, so many people are like, so what's the savvy scribe yeah. versus, your, yeah, I think it's just yeah. so many of those are like, yeah. unconsciously, yeah. Yeah, but For sometimes sure. I have things like, oh, that was a really good idea that I did that, you know, like separate websites or whatever it might be, um, because then I suddenly say, this actually makes a lot of sense if I make this change <laughs> and structure that, and it's great that the structure's already there. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. All right. Now, what, do you have a favorite resource that you use most often? Favorite rituals? Rituals or resource, yeah. So I use ClickUp for my productivity kind of tool app. So it's like a Trello. I call it Trello on crack. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> it really, it's like Asana, Trello, Bootcamp, all those things in one. And it's very affordable. So I, I love that tool as to keep me like organized and i i love the full focus planner with michael hyatt i love mm. that too to keep my days and life organized yeah yeah well you clearly do a good job of that <laughs> you mentioned before when the first thing you do when you wake up and i because i was going to ask you do you sleep at all <laughs> right i do <laughs> first thing i do when i wake up is um get coffee <laughs> right <laughs> yeah start there but yeah. actually in the morning i don't jump straight to my computer usually i actually try to get a few things done in my house so you know i like empty the dishwasher i have two cats and two dogs so i mm. take care of them and then i sit down gets my mind kind of awake i used to try um like 
working out and all that stuff really early in the morning. I, I'm not, I can't, I don't give my all at that hour. <laughs> so, <laughs> and that hour is usually about four thirty, five o'clock in the morning. So by the time I get a cup of coffee in me, a couple glasses of water, the kids are awake, then like nine o'clock or so is when I take a break from everything and, and do like a little workout every day. So hmm. gotta do something. Right. Okay. All right. Now, um, you talked earlier about the um, accountability aspect of the training course and, and the implementation co-op. So is that, well, the question is, what's the best way to keep a client on track? And I guess that sounds like that's one really good way in terms of the training programs. Yeah. So for the nurses, definitely like an accountability thing for my clients. And this used to scare me and I used to stay away from it, but it was following up and just kind of bugging people. And <laughs> I used to think it was just so like negative, right? Of bugging people all the time. Like who wants to hear from me, blah, blah, blah. But it turns out people are busy and they forget. Mm. So bugging them isn't really bugging them. It's just, hey, I'm still here. Hey, you need this? Hey, you know, just checking in again, making sure you got this last email. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so sorry I meant to respond. So, you know, because people do that to me and I never feel it as they're bugging me. It's like, mm. a, oh, yeah. But I always felt like I was bugging other clients. And I'm like, wait, I'm not. Think of them as yourself. They're just normal people. Clients yeah. are people too. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, you know, keep just bug them. Just bug them mm. a little bit. Not over. Don't be annoying about it. But, you know, check yeah. in. If you're not hearing a response, just check in again. Yeah. Yeah. That's great advice. And sometimes you you make an assumption, don't you? You haven't heard back from somebody and say, well, they they're, not interested. they're not interested or they're, they're doing the work. They're just not, yeah, haven't yeah. come back and no, told me. Whereas, whereas it's simply, oh, I forgot. And yeah, exactly. I, uh, yeah, like I was, um, I booked in to go on an event last, well, it was Sunday midday my time, and I just totally forgot about it. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. people people forget. Exactly. <laughs> people exactly. Do that. Yeah. You needed someone to bug you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And what's the number one thing anyone needs to do to differentiate themselves? To differentiate, niche down. Niche, niche down. down. <laughs> yep. That's how you'd get to be noticed and in you don't need to attract every single person in the world you need a small tribe of people just big you know big fans you don't need a big group it's like friends right mm. i think <laughs> think of it as like a tree you only need like a few good branches to make a good tree you need roots you need good roots you need good branches you don't need every stick you don't need every leaf to make a good foundation so if you can find your niche even if it's as small as mine of nurse writers you will grow it to a point that you have good fans of nurse writers that's all i need i don't need every writer in the world i don't need mm. every nurse in the world i just want the people that are really dedicated and really wanting to grow their businesses or do something on the side because if not you're going to attract the wrong people if yeah. you if you just put that's, yourself out there for to everyone that's right that's i think that's what a lot of people miss when you know, you talk about niching down and people will often counter with, oh, but I'm going to miss out on all these mm -hmm. other opportunities. But like you say, you know, often those other opportunities are the wrong ones. So it's better to miss you, out. Like, don't, I was one of those people. I was like, mm. oh, yeah, I don't know. You know, this. I want to help every writer. And until you realize that you don't need to do that, I don't know. I don't know what shifted that, but take it from me. Yeah. I've been there. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we all started out like that. <laughs> so, uh, yep. Total transparency. I, you know, when I first started out, I was not, well, I was kind of clear on who the ideal dream customer was, but I wasn't totally focused on my messaging and my marketing just for them and not right. for anybody else. Yeah. Exactly. It's hard though. It mm. really is. It's not an easy thing to figure out. Hmm. All right. Well, this has been absolutely fabulous, Janine. Now, can you mention those places where people can find you again and also how they might be able to reach out and say thanks for what you've shared with us today? Of course. Yeah, you can look for me. You can just go to write like you're writing something, rn.net. You can go to thesavvyscribepodcast.com or my favorite place to hang out is over on LinkedIn. So just search for Janine Kalbach and you'll find me. Great. And we'll have links in the show notes to that. So what do you, do you have parting advice you'd like to leave our listener with today? Yeah, if you are looking to grow your business, follow the people that are doing just a little bit better than you. Don't follow the person that's making millions and millions of dollars. <laughs> sure, take little nuggets away from whatever they're training. But if you're really just looking to grow, don't try to figure it all out if it's already out there. <laughs> like just start following and invest in yourself, invest in your company to grow. It's it's worth it. Hmm. Yeah, I love that. I love that you said you know don't don't um, don't necessarily compare yourself. I would say against yeah. the person that's kind of the superstar in your area. By all means, you know, take away the lessons from what they have from their experience. But that comparison is always fraught with danger and bad vibes. Yeah, you'll never, it's just hard. You you always get this false belief that you'll never make it, you know, and, yeah. and you will, hard work. It's not gonna happen overnight. It's that's right, and it's, it's hard work every day. It's a ladder, isn't it? You sort of got to earn the right to progress to the next rung. You don't go it's from, the truth. It's the you truth. don't go from the first step up to the top of the ladder. That's exactly go. right. Exactly mm. right. The way to yeah. describe it. <laughs> All right. Now, who else should I get on this podcast and why? Ooh, I think you should get a friend of mine. Her name is Daphne Gray. She's actually based in Canada and she was on my podcast and she's just a very, um, she's a writer as well, but she's very insightful and she, provides just amazing tips in like her newsletter that I list that I read and just even on my podcast she was very good she's very she she's very productive too so mm. all right yeah. well we'll reach out to Daphne we might get an introduction from you and then bring her on the show as well of course well thanks so much for sharing your time and your insights so generously with us today Janine I've really enjoyed this it's been fun it's um, been full of great tips and ideas you know it's a wonderful model to grow the business and that the different platforms i really like how that's structured and how you've separated that so i wish you all the best for the future i look forward to seeing your growth going forward and let's keep in touch all right for sure thank you so much i appreciate you Well, I hope you enjoyed that engaging and really delightful conversation, very insightful as well with Janine and took something away from her episode. I really like how Janine grew her business step by step. 
First, mastering the skills of writing for the health niche, then teaching people with similar backgrounds to hers to do the same, and then, from that community, building her agency partners. I'd love to know what you took away from Janine's episode. Leave a comment below the blog post, which you can find at innovabiz.co forward slash Janine Kelbuck. That is J-A-N-I-N-E-K-E-L-B-A-C-H. All lowercase, all one word, innovabiz.co forward slash Janine Kelbuck. You'll also find contact information there for getting in touch with Janine, as well as links to the Right RN website, the Savvy Scribe podcast, her social media pages, and all the other resources we spoke about in our conversation today. Now, if you like this episode, please do share it with at least two other people that it might help. The more people we share this valuable information with, the more good we're doing in the world. So tag me in that share and I'll reach out to you with a special thank you surprise. Janine suggested that we have a conversation with author of Your Happy First Draft, Daphne Gray, on a future InnovaBuzz podcast episode. So Daphne, keep an eye on your inbox for an invitation from us to the InnovaBuzz podcast, courtesy of Janine Kelbuck. Tune in again to the next episodes of the Innova Buzz podcast where we've got yet more fantastic guests lined up including Mark Devine of SealFit and The Unbeatable Mind and Nir Bashan of The Creator Mindset. Thanks for listening to this episode. Make sure you subscribe to the show to be reminded of new episodes. It's free to subscribe. Leave a review if you like. Even if you don't like me, I'm okay with that. I'm asking you to leave a review because it helps other people find this show. Go to innovabiz.co to join our marketing transformation community and access a free gift my team and I made for you. It's the Marketing Master Mini Class. We want to give you everything you need to transform your marketing into a human-centered, relationship-focused growth engine. Until next time, I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz. Remember, be awesome and keep innovating.